The subject of the assurance of faith certainly must have been a real major issue that the whole chapter is devoted to the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, the assurance of salvation, um, that um, we have uh, used several weeks by now to, to pass through this uh, last portion of, the, of this confession. Um, God's assurance, it says in this article 11, is not always felt. Uh, felt feeling. We talked about uh, last week, I believe, that you know, feelings are, of course, uh, a human uh, gift that God has given us. We should not minimize it. Uh, be aware of your feelings. I'm not just talking broadly here. Um, you know, uh, it, it's uh, for, for um, uh, being uh, a healthy person. Um, you know, there is the, the synchronization of body and spirit. Um, and it's good to be uh, mentally healthy as much as we can be, physically healthy as much as we can be, and spiritually healthy. Um, we have to apply a good spiritual hygiene as we do in the other areas. We have to do that spiritually as well. There has to be the time of prayer in our lives. There has to be the time of reading God's Word in our lives. Uh, there has to be time to reflect and meditate, commune with God in prayer. Uh, throughout the day, uh, when we wake up in the morning and go to bed at night, um, God should be on our minds a lot. Um, and I don't want to over-spiritualize things, uh, but I think that a mature Christian, healthy, robust Christian presence of us in this world requires that we walk closely with God. Um, for us to experience the blessings of being in Jesus, uh, his forever um, cannot be experienced to its fullest intent on this side of glory unless we walk closely with God and his word particularly is really a part um, integral part of our lives um, and so feelings are um, a blessing from God but we don't go by our feelings uh, our feelings are not our compass by which we judge if we're in the right direction. They are not, um, you know, the, the way by which we spiritually measure if our blood pressure is okay spiritually. Um, feelings uh, just like blood pressure <laughs> can go up and down for various reasons. But uh, the, it's an acknowledgement. That's my point. Uh, the fathers of Dort acknowledge the fact that each believer is not always on the mountaintop. Each believer is also not always in the bottom of the valley. Um, things happen in life. Uh, we are human, we are fallible, we are weak, and we are susceptible to those conditions of life. Um, but I want to emphasize this. It is presenting it as an exception almost. It should not be the norm. Scripture testifies that believers have to contend in this life with various doubts of the flesh and that under severe temptation they do not always experience this full assurance of faith and certainty of perseverance. Not always. We're not always sensing that, feeling that quote-unquote. Um, but on the whole, I would say, if you walk with Christ, you walk daily in His Word, rely on the Holy Spirit, then you have that, that assurance. It's a faith assurance. It's not just cognitive, intellectual. 
It's not without that, but remember it's a spiritual concept. This matter of the assurance of salvation. It's something supernatural that the Holy Spirit ministers to you as an individual Christian, a woman or man of God, uh, that you are in the Lord's. You are forever His. And no matter what happens in life, you will be forever His. And so that's a great encouragement, of course, that we can say that uh, assurance is attacked, but it will also be overcome. And again, that's not contributed so much to your great you know, strength and, and effort, um, but it is uh, that God is given the credit for this. It says, but God. I always love these little phrases like, but God, in the Bible as well. You know, but God. Um, this is such and such, but. Let, you know, the, the Word of God teaches. Uh, but God, in this confession, uh, the Father of all comfort. That's the text that we talked about yesterday in the service for uh, 2 Corinthians 1, um, where it had used that language, by the way. Uh, the God of all comfort. And then it quotes the passage we read this morning, just now, verse 13. Does not let them, us, God's elect, be tempted beyond what they can bear, but with the temptation he also provides a way out. And by the Holy Spirit revives in them the assurance of their perseverance. So God is, 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 is an all-round Savior. Um, he does not uh, skip things. He doesn't... Um, Bypass needs, uh, conditions in the spiritual life. Uh, the Lord is the one who provides your perseverance for you. Um, but it is in that tension, of course, that God is sovereign and you are a, person, a human being made in His image and created with the ability to respond, human responsibility. Um, Jay Adams always reminded us of that, that, you know, uh, responsibility means the ability to respond. Even in your fallen condition, you have the ability to respond, evidently. But by God's grace, always, do we persevere in the faith. But through a, respons a responsible living, uh, in the strength of the Holy Spirit, with God, and following God. Um, so that much about uh, Article 11. And, and, and again, uh, if you have questions and comments, uh, please uh, uh, feel free to share those in just a moment. Let me just uh, turn to uh, Article 12 next. This assurance is an incentive to uh, godliness. Assurance of faith, assurance of salvation, produces humility and piety. Um, it struck me during seminary days, and it strikes me still when I read that, um, excuse me, the Arminians, are brothers and sisters, but Arminian brothers and sisters and Roman Catholic folk are strange bedfellows. And in this case, the, yeah, um, we're, we're not being proud here or, or pointing fingers and seeing see, you know, how great we are at Reformed people. But we do believe that the Reformed perspective is the most biblical, and we want that. Every Christian should want that. Forget the word Reformed. Just remember that you want to be biblical. And if you follow, if you follow God's word, then you acknowledge the fact that your salvation is a free gift from God. And that it is only attributed to God's grace that we are who we are 
today in Christ forever, his children. Um, but the Roman Catholic position in the time of the Reformation was that this whole teaching of justification by faith alone uh, was uh, conducive to um, having an indifferent attitude towards holiness. And so the Roman Catholic Church said, you know, this is a bad doctrine. It makes people uh, careless um, because uh, they will have less of an urgency to be holy. Um, and that was, of course, a, a very primary emphasis in the whole uh, Roman Catholic experience that uh, the Holy uh, Catholic Church, um, uh, the, the holiness of the Church, the holiness of the sacraments, um, that, the, that the faithful ought to reflect that holiness, uh, it's all very much part of that, that experience. Um, but uh, the reality of it was that in Luther's time and throughout the ages, um, for one reason or another, within the, Rome, the Church of Rome, lots of very immoral uh, practices um, you know, were exhibited and to a degree tolerated. Uh, all the offspring that several popes of the times produced uh, that may still have their offspring living today, um, that would be quite a number to, to count. Um, so uh, the reformers basically responded to that and said, no, that's not true. Um, when you look at God's word, if you're taking notes, you could write down uh, two passages, Romans 7 and 8 uh, for Article 11 and Ephesians 5, 8 through 18 for the current uh, Article 12, um, that um, it was proven that the Reformed faith, the practice of that faith as understood from the Reformed perspective, was not promoting, encouraging carelessness at all. Uh, what was happening in these cities that became Reformed? They said, we need to pattern life upon the Scriptures. We need, to, uh, we need to be societies that, as it were, are kingdoms of God on earth. Um, and so marriage was uh, emphasized as God's good gift to man. And uh, husbands were called upon by the leadership of the local churches, the elders, to, to, to be good family men, uh, to take care of their spouse, to take care of their children, to be godly in their business practices and so forth. Um, the whole sort of society of the time was no perfection, for sure, but it was dramatically changing the landscape of culture and society in that 16th century when the Reformation just took off. Um, but now, interestingly, some, uh, what was it, 16, 18, 19, so, um, you know, about 50 years after Calvin died, we have this event taking place in the Netherlands with this uh, huge... Uh, controversy on um, a doctrine that was between um, the Arminians called Remonstrants at the Synod and then the Reformed position itself um, where the Remonstrants are now the ones because of their free will theology who are saying that this is um, a doctrine as you understand it, you strict ones that encourages um, the same concern of a lack of concern for uh, holiness. And what do the fathers say in that uh, regard? 
so far from making true believers proud, spiritually prou proud, and carnally self-assured, uh, it is rather, to the contrary, the true root of humility, of childlike respect, of genuine godliness, endurance in every conflict, fervent prayers, steadfastness in cross-bearing, and in confessing the truth, and of a well-founded joy in God. I find it interesting, by the way, that that was the last thing it, it lists here as the benefits of being in Christ, a new person, and belonging to God forever. That that is also one of those benefits, a well-founded joy um, in God. So we don't, they said, we're not, we're not seeing that. Um, now, towards the remonstrance uh, of all people uh, who, who supposedly believed that God saves you by grace alone, um, yeah, that there is in that sense election and so forth. We won't get into that again, but um, they were just saying then that um, there is the free will part, and because of free will, it's possible that we don't persevere. Um, and that is then the response to that um, uh, false teaching uh, saying, yes, uh, doubts set in, but God is always superintending the true believer in Christ so that he comes to that point that he never loses his or her salvation. Rather, reflecting on this benefit provides an incentive, an incentive to serious and continual practice of thanksgiving and good works, as is evident from the testimonies of Scripture and the examples of the saints. One of the things that we may want to uh, remember historically, we should not live uh, in the notion, have the notion that all the Dutch people, for example, or all the Englishmen, were all Puritans. They were all committed to this newfound faith. Um, um, that's not. That's hardly the case, at least for the Netherlands. Yeah, Brits have a civil war. Hmm? Brits have a civil war. Yeah. Uh, so, so not everybody was was serious about the pure faith of the gospel, um, but where that faith was lived out, it did, like I said before, impact society, impact church life, and it had a great witness to the world that um, was very different, starkly different from what had been the standard before. So. Um, it's an incentive, rather. It's not an opportunity as much uh, to, to, to uh, say God doesn't care about you know, my weaknesses and my sinfulness because you know, his love is so much that he ignores all that. No, we don't say that when we practice sola fide, uh, sola gratia, and sola Christus. So, no, it is a, a, a beautiful thing to know that we are in Christ, his, and that we have been set on a path towards thanksgiving, a thankful life, a life of gratitude to God that is shown by our good works. Good works follow true faith and ought to be in the Christian's life. And therefore, we should have, of all people, of all Christians, we should be the most holy people of all of them because we do take the pursuit of holiness extremely seriously. Amen. 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 Amen.
were there questions or comments? No other. Father in heaven, we give you thanks once again for this beautiful worship time. Thank you, Lord, for the assurances that you give us in your word. Thank you for the passage that reminds us that with the temptation, you also provide the outcome. And with the outcome, you restore fellowship with, your, uh, with you uh, through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, so much that that was when we confess our sins, that we're never left in the dark about your attitude towards us as your children. You love us. You care about us. You uh, provide for us. Um, and you continue to, to, to enable us, to empower us to persevere until we are in your glory. And so, Father, we pray that as we begin another week of work, of activities... Uh, may we daily seek your direction. Uh, may we daily be available to you to be used for your purposes, your glory. And in the process, uh, Lord, uh, keep us from sin, keep us from temptation, uh, and, and, and give us exactly what we need to uh, pursue holiness for the praise and the glory of your holy name. Amen. Amen.